One of the best games of 2020 is Hades from Supergiant Games, a roguelike dungeon crawler inspired by Greek mythology. You play as Zagreus, the son of Hades, as you attempt to escape the underworld, fighting your way through waves of enemies. The game has received high praise for its beautiful art style, unique storytelling and compelling gameplay. But the one element that ties it all together is its incredible music and sound design. The thing that's really interesting about composing for games is the fact that you're taking a linear medium in music and combining it with a non-linear or interactive medium in video games, right? This is Darren Corb and I'm the audio director for Supergiant Games. You know, you can't control how long a player is going to hear a particular piece of music. You don't have, you know, they're, if, they're, if, if a piece of music plays in a certain area that the player is in the game, uh, you don't have any control over when the player is going to leave that area. They're going to do it at whatever pace they're going to do it at. And so trying to account for the interactivity that is inherent to the medium is a really interesting challenge, I think. And Hades itself posed its own unique challenges when Darren came to compose the music. Death is merely an inconvenience for the immortal Zagreus in his effort to escape the underworld and reach Mount Olympus. The player begins each run hacking and slashing through room after room of enemies, but death is inevitable. Failure is just part of the game, upgrading your abilities as you go and trying again. So ensuring the music didn't become monotonous was crucial to the entire experience. The way that we implemented the music in Hades was really deliberately to try and extend the shelf life of the music within the experience of the game because one of the unique challenges of this game in particular is we expect people to play it for dozens, hundreds of hours, you know. So, you know, I wrote about two and a half hours of music for Hades and it's got to stand up to people playing the game for maybe a couple hundred hours. I'm James Parkinson. From Lawson Media, this is Gameplay. Stories about video games and the virtual worlds that power culture and community. Hades is the fourth title from Supergiant Games, following 2011's Bastion, 2014's Transistor and Pyre in 2017. And Darren Corb has been the composer on every one, bringing his own approach to the sound of each game and matching the tone and feel of their unique worlds. For me, I usually approach that with a few big questions right at the beginning of the project. And I try to make the music feel like it is of the place. It's really important that the music feels like it comes from the place that the game uh, exists in and that the player is in. And so some of the questions at the beginning of the project that I ask myself are, what instruments would exist in this place? What kind of music would exist in this place? What would people, what would the characters listen to? What would be playing ambiently in this place? You know, what what instruments would these characters play? You know, for, for Transistor, for example, that game I knew, I knew that Red, all the music in the game is Red's music that she has written. That was sort of a conceit that I had for myself, right? It helped sort of constrain the creative point of view for me in a really helpful way. 
Transistor is a science fiction action RPG set in the futuristic city of Clydebank, and you play as Red, a famous singer who has lost her voice. Darren describes the game's music style as old-world electronic post-rock. This kind of concise description is actually something he devises for every game soundtrack he works on. For Bastion, which is set in a lush fantasy world, Darren labelled its music as acoustic frontier trip-hop. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly is helpful having that, and, and it's been like different amounts of helpful on, on each project, if that makes sense. It was really helpful on Bastion and, and helpful on Hades as well. For Transistor, I ended up coming up with that kind of at the end after I'd made it all, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense, just because it was it was kind of a different beast in that in that game. But yes, I, I do tend to try to have like a, a genre for the music of the game to help unify it and, and tie it all together. For Darren, music has always been a part of his life, and his experience and musical influences have shaped his own style, providing inspiration for his writing. I think a lot of it is, you know, I listen to a lot of music and I, I'm often inspired by a type of sound that I hear or a production aesthetic or a feeling I get from a particular piece of music or a particular moment in a piece of music. And I, I tend to sort of catalog those in my brain and think about how can I evoke that feeling that I get when I listen to this? How can I, you know, the chorus of yoga by Bjork or whatever, like, a hundred percent of the time makes the hairs on my neck stand up or whatever. How is that possible? Like, how do you do that? <laughs> you know? And so I'll, I'll think about that kind of stuff when I'm, when I'm trying to compose or trying to write music, depending on what the goal is, I'll think about the things that affect me in a particular way. And if that's an effect I'm trying to achieve, you know, what sort of my, my take on that. Writing is sort of a, a muscle that you exercise, you know, it's like a creative muscle, uh, so to speak. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes to do it, um, for me at least. Because part of it is, I think, the less precious your material becomes to you, you become less precious about it. And so something that can be a sort of killer when you're trying to write is um, the tendency to self-edit before you've written anything. <laughs> and I think the more you write, the more you learn to ignore that tendency and sort of trust your instincts, um, your creative instincts, and see where they lead you. You know, I, I go by feel. Sometimes it's playing something that feels good in your hand, you know, fun to play. Sometimes it's trying to achieve something very specific emotionally. Sometimes it's, you know, a set of chord changes that make you feel a particular way or a melodic movement that makes you feel a particular way and and so for me I'm always I'm always interested in what's the objective of the piece what's it trying to achieve emotionally and tonally and for me that's sort of my the compass that guides me to wherever I'm trying to to go it also helps that Darren plays multiple instruments I play sort of the rock instruments, I would say. Uh, guitar, bass, and drums are my primary instruments, and then I, I dabble in keys, and I sing. And then I can play sort of anything kind of shaped like a guitar, basically, more or less. Uh, mandolin, banjo, you know, kind of random uh, instrument with a neck uh, and some frets. Then I can more or less do something with it, <laughs> uh, functionally play it. 
When it came to composing for Hades and its Greek mythology setting, Darren looked to regional influences for inspiration. Early on, we knew we were going to do something having to do with Greek myth. And so I went out and I acquired a sort of a handful of Mediterranean guitar-shaped instruments, basically, because <laughs> I knew I wanted to have something sonically that represented that part of the world in some way or another. And so I dug into that a little bit, and I, I got a balama and a lavta and a bozuki. And the first two are Turkish instruments, and, and the bazooki is a, is a Greek instrument. And they all have pretty distinct sounds, I think. And even, and I, I find, even if I don't play something on a particular instrument that is a type of music that is normally played on it, just having that, the sound of that instrument can really be evocative and help in sort of creating or evoking a setting. And so uh, that's, that's where I start a lot of the times, and that's where I started with Hades. And then from there, I began experimenting, making pieces that we would put into our prototypes. The song you're hearing right now, Wretched Shades, was the very first piece Darren wrote for the game. Yeah, it's definitely leaning into the, to the Balaman, really trying to, to get the most out of that and leaning as hard as I can into that vibe. And then eventually, about a few months into development, we sort of had a redirect, uh, a creative redirect for what we wanted the game to be about fictionally. And at that point is when we decided that the game was going to be take place in the Greek underworld and that you were going to be Zagreus escaping hell. And that's the point at which I added the metal to the music, because uh, I knew uh, it was going to need some metal if you were going to be escaping hell. This song was Darren's first step in this new direction, out of Tartarus. Once I knew, okay, well, I need metal. I need, I need hard rock in this. That was the first one I did after that point. And it sort of set, it was the template for all the other pieces. And yeah, so that one I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm experimenting with weird time signatures and stuff because I figured... In hell, I figured they wouldn't have a lot of 4-4 was my suspicion, right? It would be like weird <laughs> metal <laughs> prog, you know, sort of time signatures. And and one thing that was fascinating, actually, is that the sort of in in various types of folk music, they have weird time signatures as well. Uh, so that was sort of a commonality between the sort of Mediterranean folk thing and the metal thing, the hard rock thing. And that was a test of that as well. That was the first piece I had written in like a funky time signature for this game. Despite the pretty grim setting of Hades, the tone is quite playful. Supergiant really ran with the mythology idea, putting their own spin on it. So Darren had to match that with his music. You know, for this project, it's kind of a dark setting. And if you were to describe what is happening in the game, it's sort of like a pretty intense situation. But when you play the game, it's kind of, it's got like a pretty light uh, and and cheeky atmosphere. And so something that's something I wanted to convey in the music as well. So I, I added this sort of, I call it like 
a Halloween music kind of sound. <laughs> and it's sort of like a theremin type instrument. It, it's actually just a little, it's, it's this Casio SK-1 keyboard from the 80s. It's like a little kind of toy sampling keyboard. And, and I use the little synth sound on there with a really slow portamento. So it kind of feels, kind of feels like a theremin. Uh, I put a bunch of effects on it and stuff. So the, the sort of genre that I set up for myself for Hades is a Mediterranean prog rock Halloween music, is, is what I call it. <laughs> for me, you know, most of my influences when I'm working on something aren't other games, musically speaking. Usually I'm kind of pulling from the non-game music that I enjoy or that I'm interested in or, or that sort of feels relevant to me emotionally or sonically or otherwise. And, you know, the sort of metal stuff, or the hard rock metal stuff I was pulling from, things like Soundgarden, Black Sabbath, Alice in Chains, uh, you know, Rush, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Opeth, whatever, you know, all random, a whole bunch of random random influences there, kind of depending on what piece I was working on. Megadeth, Rust in Peace was like a direct influence for me on this this project too. So then that's certainly a, a heavier brand of metal. But yeah, so so I, I I tried to bring, you know, it was an opportunity for me to sort of try to bring a lot of a lot of stuff that's fun for me to listen to and to the table and try to evoke some of the same excitement that some of that stuff uh, some of that stuff brings to me. When you boot up Hades, the first piece of music you hear is the song we heard at the beginning of this episode, No Escape. And it's the kind of piece that gives you a taste of what's to come. I wanted it to make, to really announce what sort of experience this was going to be and help immediately set the tone for what this game is going to feel like. I think this was the first time I really deliberately tried to make a main theme for a game. I was really interested in making like a simple series of a handful of notes that were, that's the theme. It's these four notes, you know, and I was interested in, in sort of trying something like that for sure. I wanted the sort of Zagreus version of it to feel a little bit more badass because, you know, the image of him with the sword over his shoulder on the, on the main menu there, you know, you, you've got to sort of live up to that cool image. You know, that that later became a lot more important throughout the score just because a few other pieces referenced that. It was that main theme, and then there was a sort of, like, Hades, uh, you know, Death and I was sort of the, like, Hades version of it, right, with no no rocking guitars, and it's all, it's, it's a little stuffier and, and more oppressive and more ominous, maybe. <laughs> Death and I being the piece that plays every time Zagreus dies. Hades was originally released in early access on December 6, 2018, which allowed Supergiant to really hone the gameplay through feedback from players over a two-year period. And Darren was also playing these early versions of the game through development to get a feel for how his music and sound design was being implemented. I think it's really important for me to play just, just because the details of how everything is implemented are so critical to the, the way the player is going to experience it. And... I played a ton 
just to make sure that I had context for the way everything was sounding and the way everything happened uh, in the game, in the context of the game. And and particularly for for sound effects, it's uh, it's really critical too, just making sure the balance of everything is right, the mix sounds good, you know, things are getting out of the way of the vocals or the VO when people talk, you know, so you can hear the whatever the most important thing is at any given moment, you know, we want to highlight that. And so, yeah, there's a lot of testing my work, but then also just sort of playing for real, so to speak, uh, <laughs> to try to get to get the actual experience that a player is getting, because that's the most sort of accurate way you can assess how everything's working. So I think the time between when we started development and when we launched into early access was maybe like 14 months or something. Yeah, it was like not super long. Um, but at that time, I released about 14 tracks uh, when the game launched into early access and, and took me basically the course of the rest of the project to write the rest, uh, the other 16 tracks that show up, show up in the game. Darren also incorporates vocals in his music, both his own and those of his friend Ashley Barrett, who he's worked with on previous Supergiant titles. For Hades, Ashley was brought back again to provide vocals on a few songs. One of the standouts on the soundtrack is Good Riddance, with two versions sung from the perspectives of Orpheus and Eurydice. You know, the, the other vocal pieces in the game, for the most part, are written by Orpheus. And that's a Eurydice special, uh, Good Riddance. You know, she wrote that one. So I wanted it to have a different feeling about it. I wanted it to be a little bit less Baroque, <laughs> you know, like a little bit more straightforward and in a way that hopefully would come across well. Uh, I wanted it to be a little bit simpler, but perhaps more relatable because of that. And I knew it was going to be a piece that her and Orpheus could both sing and I wanted it to feel like it had a different meaning when each of them sang it. The Orpheus melody comes across a little bit more somber because it sort of has more of a minor feel and the uh, Eurydice melody has more of a, a little bit more of a major feel, but you know, it just it just kind of works out that way because of the way the harmonies relate to each other, you know. <laughs> but uh, but so yeah, that that all sort of came together how I how I hoped it would. This one, I I had always imagined how it would be implemented before I wrote it. We knew we wanted to have that storyline in the game and have it resolve in a particular way, and so I wrote it with that resolution in mind. Vocals are not particularly common in video game music, but when used purposely, they can really complement storytelling. You know, I think when you add vocals to a piece... If you have a, a space for it, it can really help convey, uh, add a, l- a little bit of extra emotional heft to a moment. You know, I think we don't tend to blanket the game with wall-to-wall songs. So I feel like creating a spot for it is really important and having an excuse. That makes a lot of sense to the player, right? But yeah, I'm, I really I wanted to see if we could enhance you know, moments in the game emotionally 
kind of similar to musical theater in a lot of ways, actually, uh, where, you know, we're not necessarily conveying plot through the song like you might do in a musical, but it certainly is trying to sell the emotion of a moment or, or at least help with that. I think in general, my feeling about about music in our games is, you know, we don't want it to pull focus um, unless it's being featured, if that makes sense. And I think the role of it is to enhance whatever else is going on and enhance the emotion of the moment and enhance, you know, if it's an exciting moment, adding to the excitement. And if it's a moment of respite or calm, kind of adding to that sensation. And I think, yeah, unless, unless we're trying to highlight it, my approach is that it's always sort of there to assist. Each song that Darren wrote for Hades exists in its complete form in the two-and-a-half-hour soundtrack, but the player never hears a full song from start to finish in this linear way. Darren always writes a complete piece first, but in order to incorporate that into the game, he has to deconstruct it. Coming up, how the music of Hades is implemented to enhance the playing experience. Plus, the voice acting and sound design that brings the underworld to life. That's after the break on Gameplay. As an independent podcast, listener support is incredibly important for Gameplay. So if the show is valuable to you, please consider becoming a Gameplay member. Memberships are just $5 US a month or $50 US a year. You'll receive an ad-free podcast feed, bonus content, and I'll personally send you a Gameplay sticker pack. There is a free tier as well if you're not in a position to contribute monetarily, but if you can, you'll be actively helping to make the podcast sustainable so I can continue to bring you stories you care about. Sign up now at gameplay.co slash membership. Thanks. Hades is the kind of game that takes some time to master, because it's built into the very game mechanics. At first, Zagreus is purposely outmatched by his enemies, and as you level up and your own skill as a player improves, you steadily progress further and further in your attempt to escape the underworld. Supergiant Games spent a lot of time refining the gameplay to ensure that it's balanced and remains fun, even after your 100th playthrough. But they also wanted to make sure that the music didn't become boring and repetitive. Here's Darren Corb. So, so we have, for each section of the underworld, Tartarus, Elysium, and Asphodel, respectively, we have, we have a handful of pieces that can play from a playlist, essentially, for that area. So we have four tracks for Tartarus, three for Asphodel, and three for Elysium that, that can possibly play. You know, they play kind of in order, right? And what'll happen is there's a sort of an intro piece that plays when you begin a run, which will be the same piece every time. which uh, has some stems. It has a drum stem, a bass stem, and a everything else stem. In a piece of music, a stem is a recording that forms part of a complete mix. They're usually separated into groups of instruments and allow you to control individual parts of a song. So, for example, you just want to hear a bass stem. Or just the drum stem. And then you might want to combine the bass and the drum stem or play the full mix. 
And, you know, when you're sort of in combat, all the stems are playing, or at least the drums and bass are playing. And then at the end of combat, the drums turn off. After a, a few chambers of that initial piece, which will advance through its sections, then we'll play one of these biome pieces, what we call them, that can play from this playlist. And so that'll start with an introduction section that's essentially like kind of synth pads and like a pulsing bass. It's kind of an anticipatory section, right, with some light percussion. And again, when when you're actually fighting, the drum stem kicks in. When you're not fighting, it turns off. And we have a sort of uh, semi-randomized thing that happens with the stems where either the guitar and bass stem can play or just the bass stem can play or neither the guitar nor bass stem (laughs) will play. So sometimes the drums will turn off and you'll get a moment of quiet. Sometimes the drums will turn off and you'll just get the bass line. Or you'll get both guitar and, and bass. Uh, etc. So then what happens is as you advance a couple of chambers in, we have section markers basically at the, at the start of every measure that says, you know, if this section dial is set to the next number, you can advance to the next section, right? And that's kind of how we execute that uh, on the back end. But what happens is it'll advance to the next section, which is the sort of complete folk arrangement of the piece. So, you know, the percussion amps up a little bit, then you get, like, the balamas and all the other stuff, and the, and the proper bass line and everything is playing. And same deal, you know, it's got the randomized stems, and the drums kick in in combat and turn off when you're out of combat. And then after a few chambers of that, when you get to a mini-boss or a boss, it'll advance to the sort of rocking section of the piece. And then, you know, that'll rock with all the stems turned on (laughs) for the duration of the fight. And then when you complete the fight, it'll cue the sort of ending tag. And, And then the piece is over. And then, you know, if it's sort of halfway through the biome, the next piece will start for that biome. Or when you enter Asphodel or something coming out of Tartarus, then it'll start playing the ones in that playlist. The soundscape of Hades is all controlled on the back end by software called FMOD Studio. And this dynamic approach to the music not only keeps things fresh, it helps the player to really feel the story. When you finally clear a chamber or defeat a boss, the way the music concludes right on cue is just perfect. We definitely deliberately try to have the music feel like it is scoring your playthrough as best as possible, trying to have it sort of naturally follow the events of what's happening in in your playthrough. It helps, you know, convey the feeling of that victory moment, just having the piece sort of end in a kick-ass way, uh, (laughs) you know, end the rocking part in a satisfying way is, is an important part of that, I think, part of having it feel scored to your experience. On top of the music, Darren was also responsible for sound designing the underworld, using sound effects that aid the storytelling and helping the game's universe to feel grounded. Yeah, I think for me the sound effects 
kind of serve a similar purpose as the music and and other aspects of the audio, which is to deepen and enhance the player immersion as much as possible. And so, you know, all the the creative choices I'm making are are in an attempt to be in service of that, first and foremost. And then functionally, they have the sound effects have a job to do that the other aspects of the audio don't have to do, which is provide specific kind of player feedback for stuff that the player does, uh, player inputs and stuff that's happening around you and situational awareness. And also, it's to enhance the feeling of those things, uh, not just to provide feedback that when you press a button, something happens and you see a visual thing and you hear an audio thing, right? It's also to enhance the feeling of swinging your sword and hitting a skeleton with it, right? It's it's not, it's not it's about making that extra satisfying and adding a little bit of sort of Pavlovian delight to when that happens. And so, so yeah, those are the three sort of main things I'm thinking about when I'm making sound effects. Darren used mostly existing sounds from sound effect libraries for Hades. But as is common practice, these are layered, tweaked and processed in a way that achieves the desired sound and makes them feel more unique. And when he can't find the right sound, Darren will often create it himself. From the menu navigation to the atmosphere of each location, item pickups and the combat, the sound effects in Hades play off and complement the music and the game's narrative beautifully. And the last piece of the puzzle is the fantastic voice acting, which elevates the story and contributes to the playful tone of the game. The often failing prince attempts to sort the ledgers in the fashion necessary for the proper keeping of his father's realm. Enough, boy. Wrap it up. Yeah, you know, Greg and I had a lot of conversations about how we wanted the characters to sound in terms of what accents they might or might not have. Greg Kasavin is the writer and creative director on Hades. And, you know, part of the thinking was we wanted certain aspects of the game to be very much exactly what you expect so that it's easier to sort of subvert certain aspects of it um, or to put a twist on it, if that that makes sense. So part of the idea was when Greg or I, or I, I suspect a lot of people think of the Greek gods portrayed in media, it's often in you know, Jason and the Argonauts or whatever kind of old movies with like people doing like proper British sort of accents for all the gods, um, sort of pompous, you know, maybe slightly pompous uh, British accents. And and so I thought, you know, it was a, something that we could lean into to help sort of match player expectation to what was happening that we could then subvert with however we decided to actually execute on it, which is hopefully going to be a little different than anything you've experienced before with these characters. And the decision to have some sort of American-accented characters, you know, I think from our perspective, it was characters that were gods and from Greece, for the most part, have the, the sort of british accents, and characters that are of the underworld or some sort of creature uh, have an American accent, <laughs> if that makes sense. Welcome to the House of Hades. Just come on in. Around 21,000 lines of dialogue were recorded for Hades, with over 300,000 words in the script. And Darren actually plays two characters in the game, our moody protagonist Zagreus. Got to keep trying. There's no reason it's stopping now. And Scally, a humorous skeleton and kind of crash test dummy that you can practice your combat moves on. 
Ah, it's pretty good. I mean, uh, I get to stand around all day uh, and get whacked with a sword. It can't beat that. The original plan wasn't for Darren to voice these characters at all, but his performance kind of stuck. You know, I, I wound up doing the voices of Zagreus and Skelly just because, you know, we at the beginning of the project, we recorded some scratch VO for, for various characters uh, that we intended to replace. And the stuff that I did for Zag and Skelly, we just didn't really feel like any of the auditions improved on those, basically, on what we had. So so I, I kind of got defaulted into <laughs> into doing them. And I was nervous for sure about, you know, this is the first time we'd had a voiced protagonist, you know, in in one of our games. And so I just wanted to make sure that that we delivered as best we could on, on that idea and, and have it help it put you inside the character and not put you off of him. A palm of power. Delicious. Scally, on the other hand, is very much the fun comic relief of Hades. Let's chat a more batter, boy. Yo, hit me already. Yes, we definitely wanted to have a character like that in this game. I mean, it started more as a um, the the sort of Falcon Ron character we have in Pyre. It kind of started more as that voice. It's based on a kind of a guy my friends and I uh, <laughs> had met at one point, and it's just a voice that I really enjoy. <laughs> um, so Skelly ended up kind of being that combined more with like a higher energy type character, more like a Joe Pesci or something. Or, you know, and I've heard people on the internet compare him to like Mo from The Simpsons or something, which is like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're getting pretty strong there, pal. Though I am being paid to tell you that, but not being paid to not tell you that last part. The incredible work on Hades from the entire team at Supergiant Games is a culmination of years of refining a style of gameplay, art and storytelling that makes Hades such a compelling experience. It deserves all the praise that it's received and I think the music especially is what you'll connect with on a deeper level and carry with you long after you've put the game down. I'm really pleased to be able to have worked on games that are so different tonally. They all have their own unique kind of setting, which allows me to to try to to develop a new kind of musical palette for each each one. Um, so it's really it's really satisfying for me when I get to do something new each time, and and to try to you know sort of the, the scariest and most difficult part of the process is the beginning when you're sort of trying to define what that is. But once you do, um, it really is gratifying to to see it all come together. So it's really uh, overwhelming to see that kind of um, praise sort of heaped on something that you, you've worked on for, for a while. It's, it's, of course, validating, and, and uh, certainly it's not something that I like to take for granted that any project will, will have a response like that. You know, it's, it's, um, you got to earn it, and, and um, it doesn't matter what your last thing was, you know, <laughs> um, as far as I'm concerned. So, so it feels incredible to have people respond so well to the music, and it's just kind of mind-blowing to me that the response, um, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. Thank you so much to Darren Corb and Supergiant Games. 
The Hades soundtrack is available for purchase at store.supergiantgames.com and you can get the game on Steam, the Epic Games Store or Nintendo Switch. It's an absolute blast, so put on some headphones and enjoy the full experience. Gameplay is a production of Lawson Media. This episode was written and produced by me, James Parkinson. The gameplay theme is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder, and all other music you heard in today's episode comes from the Hades soundtrack and captured from the game itself. You can get the full list of the songs featured in this story on this episode's page on our website. If you're enjoying the show, you can help us out by telling your friends, sharing gameplay on social media, and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. I read every single review, and they're a great way to encourage others to tap that subscribe button. You can also support us by becoming a gameplay member. The perks include an ad-free podcast feed, and you'll be helping us make this show sustainable. You can sign up now at gameplay.co slash membership. You can follow the show at Gameplay Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and come and join our community on Discord, where you can chat directly with me and your fellow listeners. You'll find that link and more on our website, gameplay.co. Thanks for listening.